0: All right, here we go. The live BP podcast. Keep rolling along. I'm Rob Bradford along with Coop and Tanner Houck. Tanner, what's going on, man? It's good what's to going see on? A smiling face. It's like, yeah. So, so so you're down in Florida, but is anyone now? We did the obviously we did the podcast with Garrett Whitlock. I don't know in since that podcast had aired, a lot of controversy in the world of baseball. Ton everyone's talking
1: about this, right? Who was okay. faster? Garrett Whitlock or Tanner Houck? I mean Oh 100 percent me. I mean, I think a few people saw my tweet yesterday to you on the video. I even he even texted me. Uh, and then afterwards I texted him back. I said I was, you know, getting ready and saving up all my energy to beat him in a race during spring training. So the smack talk has already started. You know what? I was like, after I saw the video on the you did with him the other day, I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, Garrett, you're not going to beat me. So it's one nothing still, Tanner, all the way.
0: So, so, so I have to ask, you know, he says that, you know, because, you know, I go back to this is way back. I mean, where, where part of the time honored tradition of spring training was having people race each other. And mm-hmm. back, this Clay Buckholds insisted that he was faster than Jacoby Ellsbury. And both of you guys were like, very, very young. But Ellsbury was one of the fastest guys I ever saw. And Buckholz was a pitcher. So, you know, this is a great conversation to have. But you say you say that you are faster than him, yet Garrett Whitlock came on the podcast and said that he beat you in the race. Are you refuting that?
1: Look, the, I don't even know how many times we technically raced during the season. I mean, it, every time we had to run, Like, of course, it it was immediately like one nothing or like, like we would just keep track. If we had 10 sprints, you better believe all 10 of them. Someone was going to get a point there. There was no questioning that at all. Uh, So I don't know which race he's talking about. Yes, he did beat me a few times in it. But then other times I I did beat him. So I I think we just got to have one one end all be all race during spring training like every year. And then that's the winner.
0: Yeah, and and I said I, I put Coop out there so he can run this to feel make you make the loser feel a little bit better about himself, right? <laughs> oh, you're, 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 can, Coop, you're muted. Can, why can't I hear Coop? What's going on? <laughs> I can't hear Coop at all. Can't hear either. No, no, no. you got to take those headphones off, Coop.
1: <laughs> I'm ruining it. Oh, there you go. There you go. All
2: right. Oh my God.
1: Pretend like that. But I was
2: saying I want no part of this. You keep forcing it on me, and I'm just going to embarrass myself in all of this. Look,
1: don't, don't stick Duran on us, okay? That's all we ask. You know, may, maybe just you know, leave it, leave it to me and Garrett. And you know, I'll admit it, we're probably the slower two on the team. But I mean, that's okay. We're, well, we're, are you we're
0: faster. He mentioned Sale and Evaldi,
1: right? Yeah. Okay. You know, whenever I I heard him mention those two, I was like, yeah, those two would smoke us. Like what? Like Evaldi. Freak athlete, like, weight room, speed, like, everything. I'm not touching Evaldi. Nope, he wins. Sale, also same thing. Just freak athlete, nine-foot strides, just fast as can be. So, I'm 100% already willing to say, like, those two would, would beat me in a race, for sure. But Whitlock, I can beat Garrett Whitlock. So,
0: you, but you say D- Duran's untouchable. Duran's like the guy in the organization. I mean, I, let's, I mean, spring training, spring training. You have everyone milling about. Could be double A, single A, triple A, whatever, major leagues. Duran is the fastest guy right now in the Boston Reds, wearing, Get it, collecting a paycheck from John Henry in the Boston Red Sox organization.
1: I think he's got to be, right? I, I don't know, you know, like the new draft class or anything like that, no. but I mean. From what I've been around and what I've played with, it's got it's got to be Duran. I mean, I know Jackie's fast. Um, you know, I I would definitely say maybe Evaldi might give him a, a little run for his money or sale, only because they are a little bit taller and and got the stride length on him. But I mean, you, you guys saw him flying around the field last year. He's he's lightning quick.
0: This is one of my favorite things in baseball: watching a fast guy run around the bases.
1: It's little things. Oh. In- it's, it's kind of like a great equalizer to the fast guys that can only like run in a straight line because then you're like, all right, they're fast. Like they're, they're fast in a straight line, but then like, oh, you got to turn with it now, too. So it's like you got to have that like athleticism to be able to like, uh, you know, I still got to hit the bag properly. Otherwise, I'm going to like roll an ankle and blow out or, you know, I'm just going to hit singles and just run through the bag every single time.
0: Can you think of anyone? Am I missing someone
2: on this team?
0: Yeah, in the organization.
2: In the entire organization, I would imagine Marcelo Meyer. What? I, like, I would imagine he's probably got wheels on him.
0: Why? Because okay. he's 18?
2: Yeah. Like, how do you know you this? Like, how, how,
0: what, what have you ever seen Marcelo Meyer run?
2: I mean, that's the thing. It's like, we don't know yet. <laughs> You, we have nothing to say he isn't the fastest. That's
0: true. That, that is an accurate uh, statement. That's my
2: dark horse candidate right there.
0: Ooh, okay. So, you know, it's I always find this interesting because obviously, and I was thinking of this the other day when I saw Mookie Betts bowling. Obviously, Mookie can bowl. He's a good bowler, right? right? And, and Garrett was talking about uh, the guys on the team who are good at chess. Give me some other guys on this team who are good at something other than actually throwing and hitting a baseball. Anybody jump the I mean,
1: line? I know, like, there's a ton of excellent golfers on the team. I, I know, like, I, there's a lot of guys that love golfing. Um, a lot of, you know, outdoorsy people, you know, in terms of, like, hunting and fishing. Um, that's not a sport. That's a sport. Ted Williams like, would uh, argue otherwise.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Do, do, I mean, Mitch did Mitch Moreland leave the boat behind in Fort Myers? So Mitch Moreland bought a boat and put it in the back pond. Do you know about this boat, Tanner?
1: I do not know.
0: Oh yeah, it's so there's a
1: back pond at JetBlue Park. Okay, yeah, I've been I've been back there, but I, I don't think I've ever seen the, uh, a you boat. Seen boat? Uh, uh-uh, I don't think I've ever seen a boat. So he he
0: bought a boat and he left it there for about even I think. In, in between his stints he, he left it there so um yes so all right i will i will um i will say that hunting and fishing is a sport i will say chess is a sport i will say golfing is a sport um i don't know who the best basketball player is but whatever that's a sport uh but most of the only thing that counts really if we're talking about athletic achievements Heading into 2022 is the race between Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Huck. We get to the Absolutely. bottom
1: of this. Absolutely. Don't forget it.
0: And uh, so it reminds me, and you, you're you down at Eric Cressy's Performance um, Center down in Florida, paid great dividends last year. Awesome. Awesome mm-hmm. job. First of all, congratulations to you, Tanner. On, Thank you. On a great 2021. Because Thanks. not only on the field, you had a great year. But you got married. Was that in two thousand twenty-one or
1: two? That was 21. twenty-eleven. Eleven. What was it? Eleven twenty-seven, twenty-one. Okay, so you got married. So what
0: a what a year for you. So congratulations Thanks. with all that. And it all started at the beginning. Of, we talked last year. You were uh, working out at Cressy Performance Center, which you are once again with yep. the same group of guys down there: Verlander and
1: Syndergaard, and yeah, Verlander here working out uh I saw Scherzer around he's been he's been floating around here and there so two top of the line guys that you know are great mentors to you know be around and just learn from it's it's like having sale and Evaldi, uh during the season I mean to have the guys that have 10 plus years of, of big league experience and and just so much knowledge to pass on to the to the younger generation I mean to be around people like that, I, I know I always sound like a broken record by saying that stuff, but it really is true. Like, this is a, a game where you learn from experiences. You learn from the the generation that had done it before you. And then after, you know, you reach that point of being that individual, then you it's your responsibility to pass it on to the next generation. That way we continue to get, like, the best out of everyone and the, and the best out of mm-hmm. – we can in baseball. So to have everyone down here at the, at Cressy's, you know, sports performance, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing because there's constant, you know, knowledge being passed back and forth. Uh, it, it, there is no teams there. It's just, Hey, like, let's all get better. And, you know, let's help each other out.
0: And you have not had a bench press competition with Noah Syndergaard. I asked you that last year.
1: Still, still will never do that. I, I will, I will know the battles I can, I can potentially win and that would not be one of them.
0: (laughs) That brings us back to the race with Garrett. Um, but, (laughs) uh, so along those lines, we asked Garrett, this as well, it's sort of give me your best advice. I remember last year. And I think that you said something along the lines of, of being able to sort of, of, move on from one batter or not control your emotions on the mound. And I mean, that was like something people understand, like, okay, you, you do everything you can heading into a spring training. Then you do everything you can heading into the regular season, but your evolution over the course of like an actual baseball season, even for you, I mean, I can go down the, you know, you change your slider a little bit, like you change, like your, your emotional, like how you approach emotions, so give me your best one. Give me your best thing that you learned.
1: Adapt or die. Ooh. Uh, and, you know, like, it, it sounds like extreme, and it's like, oh, adapt or die. Like, you know, I guess you could look at it in, like, a really hostile, like, way. But with with the game, it is now, and, like, just – and honestly, just life in general. Like, you you always are adapting. You always are getting better. Uh, You're never constantly staying the same, but in this game, like with how much technology we have now and and all the scattering report and, and just going into a game, like especially as a starting pitcher, I mean, they're literally game planning for you, like you're going in first inning. They have a game plan that they're going to try and like follow to a T to try and take you out of the game as early as possible. And If I go up there in the first inning, first, second inning, whatever, get through the lineup the first time, it's no big deal, whatever. Second time that I come through the lineup, all right, I got to adapt now. I have to learn how to get this guy out again, what he was kind of looking for after the first at-bat, and then I have to continue to go off that. So, you know, it's definitely one of those things where you're constantly, like, playing back and forth and and that's why I would say like adapt or die like because if you're not adapting then and you're just trying to do the same thing over and over again well it's not going to work like these hitters are incredible and you know I give them a lot of credit but at the same time like I try and give myself just as much credit and just think you know my stuff is nasty enough to get them out but no matter how nasty your stuff is they'll eventually get a hit if you continue to throw the same thing over well, and do, over do you,
0: do you have one do you have one instance like one at bat or one game where you can point to say hey I'm most proud of doing exactly that and, you know and I can go through things that you did but sometimes one of those moments stand out like I remember when talking to Garrett about when he when he said I got to I got to get my slider going because this guy just hit you know, a 500 foot home run to Chelsea off me because I didn't have my slider. Like, and he was like, that was a moment. Yeah.
1: Um. You know, I just I more think of like my just career in general. Uh, coming in to the Red Sox organization, I was a two pitch pitcher, two seam and slider. Uh, adding the four seam helped incredibly, and then and then adding the split this this year. Um has been incredible for me adding that split uh and and building the confidence that I did with it this year uh, I think helps sets me up for 2022 because I've shown it can be a good pitch whenever I throw it and whenever I trust it and it's one of those things now where I I would love to start throwing it to righties um yeah I I only threw it to left-handed hitters last year but it's 2022 now it's time to adapt it's time to grow it's time to to just continue to push myself so maybe instead of just being two seam four seam slider to righties all right let's throw that to lefties now or i mean to to righty the splitter to righties now okay let's also maybe start you know working on a backdoor two seam a you know backdoor slider you know, elevating four seam up up arm side it's just like constant like I'm constantly playing these games in my head about, you know, unlocking, you know, different stuff and being able to like go around the zone and and just truly like keep the hitters as, as much off balance as possible.
0: Do you feel better positioned to be a starter in a starting rotation in the major leagues right now than ever
1: before? Yeah, I really do now. Um, the, the biggest thing before was not having a, a true secondary off-speed pitch that – could also complement the slider. I think the splitter is an incredible pitch to, to pair with that, especially where it was last year, whenever I was throwing it about 84 to like 87 miles an hour. Um, the year prior, whenever I first started throwing it, it was like 89, 91, maybe 92. And my two-seam fastball is anywhere between 91 to 93. Four-seam fastball is like 93 to like 95. So like, in my opinion, like the splitter was just like too close of like a movement profile to the two seam and a velo. So I was like, eh. But like at the end of the year, whenever I was throwing it and it was like 85, 87, good movement, I was like, okay, like that's that's really like that's a good separation in terms of velo off of the fastball. And yes it's still similar movement profile but the velo is enough that it's like okay like they can't just sit on that anymore and then also they have to respect you know the four seam the two seam and then the slider i mean just just growing and and just really getting myself prepared for the longevity of season and just knowing that i'm gonna face the yankees the blue jays you know the the Tampa Bay Rays, the Orioles, Like I'm going to face those teams probably like three times, mm-hmm. four times, whatever Whatever it ends up being, however, you know, stuff lines up. Well, after the second time, third time seeing you throughout an entire season, they're like, they already, they've seen every trick in the bag that I have. So it's it really is just about growing and, and just adapting. And I think that's why I am mm-hmm. where I am and why I think 2022 will be my best year is because mm-hmm. I keep seeing – the potential of these pitches that I'm, I'm just honestly just throwing myself into the fire to to learn and to, and grow with.
0: And that's what you're doing. That's part of what you're doing down there too. I would imagine. I did. Did every, anyone? You know, it's great that you have like the sales and the Valdes, and you go down the list of guys you have with the Red Sox, the pitching coaches, everybody. Mm-hmm. But like you said, now you're you're in a place down there where everyone's coming from different places, everyone has different experiences, and, and, oh, my goodness, like, do they have, ever have experience? And I'm just curious to – in terms of the, the, the split, what, has anybody down there sort of giving you advice like, oh, you know, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those pitches where I haven't actually started throwing it a ton yet. Um, I'm trying to – last year it was – I started out throwing it way too much, uh, and I think that's why I ended up going down with a little, a little bit of the the forearm stuff last year. Um, so this year I kind of took a step back. I realized like, hey, let's not just immediately, you know, start throwing and then like cranking sliders and and ripping you know uh, splitters right away. Like, let's take a step back and you know, get built back up. And then as spring training creeps a little bit closer and closer, then we'll, then we'll start working on it. So I'm excited for this week. This will actually be the first week I start throwing it again. Uh, I've been throwing some sliders here and there uh, already. So I, I'm feeling excited. I'm, I'm way beyond where I thought I would be in my career. Uh, but I, you know, also contributed to, to having that 2020 season.
0: Yeah, well, and listen, I mean, you're you're on your way. I have two questions before uh, Coop gives you your 30 for 30 questions. Um, how do you feel? You mentioned your, your the forearm thing, whatever. At the end of the year, now this is one of our favorite pastimes. We do it with hockey players all the time. You know, now okay. you can admit, like, how did you feel at the end of the year?
1: How did you feel <laughs> at the end of the year? Honestly, I felt great. I, I really did. I, I felt like I got stronger throughout the season, which – uh, I feel like isn't very typical. Um, this year, this past year was incredible. I definitely felt like whenever I first got there, um, or that when I first started the season, I felt sluggish. I I, I felt like it was fine. And I I felt like I had good stuff, but about, I would say halfway through the year, that's whenever I, I really felt like I hit like my stride and I, I felt like I really had some good things going on whenever I was making the, uh, truly like those rehab starts, I, I started feeling like some stuff clicking and I was like, okay, like, well, we'll just build on that and we'll build on that and we'll build on that. And then like towards the end, whenever I got called up full time, that's whenever I really start, like, I felt like I hit my stride and I was like, okay, now, now I can go and, and really hit it. And I, I felt very good at the end. So I I'm excited and, and just want to continue to build off that.
0: All right, last one before Coop takes over. Um, maybe this is a terrible question. I don't know. Say it's, say it's Suzuki. Okay. Have you, have you faced him?
1: I have not, no. But you saw him play. We played against him. He would have been on that Premier 12 team for Japan, right? Yes. Okay. We, I was going to pitch against them, but then they moved me to pitch against Australia, so I never actually got to face him. But we did end up playing. What he he would have been on that team? Yes.
0: Okay. Do, do you remember the scouting report saying,
1: "Don't you dare I, pitch to this guy"? Just so I, d- <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did, but I do not. I do not remember. But I, everything I've seen online, he looks like an incredible player. And you know, I hope to hope to see him over here in the states and pitch against him this year. Yeah. Well, you know, what you
0: hope is that you you pitch as he hits in the same game for the same team. Yeah. yeah, Correct. Yes. There you go. Although I don't know in lockout rules if you can say that, so I just said it for you. Uh, there you go. Uh, all right, Coop. Three moments. So here we go. Our favorite segment, the Coop favorite, Tanner Hauk. three moments of 2021, and we get the real story.
2: So I'm going to go – these are, like, no order whatsoever. This is me just being, like – a meatball fan being like, this is what I really enjoy. Um, okay. So, like, first off the bat is game two of the ALDS when you came in. Uh, right. five, innings, five innings pitched, one run, five Ks. And this is kind of coming in to, like, save the day. Um, and, like, not, not to beat up on sale, but, like, you really came in, you really helped them out in that situation. And to be able to do that and you retire 30 straight batters, uh, which – you're in You're in a lot of talks with some, like, really great Red Sox players that have retired that many batters in a row in a playoff game. Um, one of them being Pedro, who gave you praise after that. And can you talk about that game and then kind of talk about what it might be like to hear praise from someone like that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, we're down in Tampa, and it's sale day. Like, every time sale was pitching, no matter what, like, I was like, he's got it like it's Chris sale. Like, come on. Like I, I believe in him more than anyone else. Like I, and truly I, I feel that way about like anyone, like anytime, like they get the ball, like I, I immediately trust them. Like they're my teammates. Like, how can I not? Um, but say I was like, he's got it. Like he's built for this. Um, so I was excited to see him do his thing. Uh, and unfortunate events happen. I mean, and everyone's been there everyone's struggled and i got my name i i heard the phone ring and walk grab the phone and goes how get ready and i'm like i'm like okay i'm like so i just kind of like just grab my hat kind of like get up and he's like uh you're gonna have maybe this next hitter but i think he got out of the inning uh i think it was in the first right Mm yeah yeah so they were like, hey, you're going to take it. In. And, like, after he got out of the inning, I was like, oh, I'll just sit back down. Because I, I was thinking, oh, he got out of it. Like, he, he's going to go back out there. He's only at, like, 30 pitches at this point. So I'm like, cool. Gets another call. Hey, you're in the game. And I'm like, okay. Like, don't worry. I I'll, I got it. Like, and they're like, just do what you can. Like, you know, keep us in the ball game for as long as you can. And I'm like, dad, I got it. Don't worry. Like, that that was my thing. Like, I'm just – I'm the biggest, like, calm, like, collected – It goes I'll,
2: back to when you – like, how you just said, adapt or die.
1: Yeah, like, I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I'll, I'll take care of it. Like, just give me the ball and let's do it. Um, And kind of, like, the rest is history. Like, going into the game. But, like, literally the all I could think of whenever I was doing my warm-up throws was don't overthrow Charlie, our bullpen catcher. Don't overthrow Charlie. Don't throw the ball to the backstop because the mounds are on the field. Yeah. So like, I'm warming up. That's all I was thinking of. <laughs> was just don't don't yank this slider and throw it to the backstop. Don't it be would only
2: just add to the chaos of that game at that point.
1: Yeah. Don't don't look like don't look like a dork. Like essentially. Yeah. Can you, can you
2: imagine? You know, poor
0: sales having his rough outing. Okay, we have the next guy up. Oh, he just he just air
1: one back to the. Onto the yeah, like, play. Like, oh, I was thinking like I don't want to like throw it and then like it like roll down there on the top like on the turf and then like just ping pong around for five minutes people trying to get the ball. So I'm like, I'm like Tanner just don't just don't throw this just don't throw it past Charlie, like just hit him in the chest. So like the entire time I'm warming up. I'm like, don't overthrow it. Don't overthrow it. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, you're in the game. And that's then that's,
0: I'll, a, that's, a, that's a tough bullpen man like you. You have, you know, you're on the field down in Tropicana Field. Fans are like the fans are like right there still, like right next to you.
1: No, because the COVID rules, like, so we're on the and where they normally would sit, like on the ground level. Yeah. Like that was a little like warm-up area, like get drinks, gum, all that stuff. So there was one there,
0: there was one year where they gave the Tropicana Field security guards a bunch of tasers and and like they went wild i mean they went wild i remember talking to the guys in the bullpen were like man we were just looking over our shoulder guys getting tased left and right <laughs> so anyway all right i don't want to
2: run out of time coop what's your next one uh so next game uh just like at, as i said no particular order i'm going game 161 down in washington uh, okay. part of the reason i put that on there i was down in washington at that time so i was paying close attention for that um uh, but also you came in uh started after being in the bullpen for a couple weeks there yeah um,
1: point what was that i think it i think it was approaching about a month at that point having not started yeah yeah and so you go five
2: innings once again 8ks zero hits zero walks all on 53 pitches which is you look at that stat line and that just tells me efficiency which mm-hmm. i think is like probably one of the most important things right now for pitchers in the game and having to go back to that whole like adapt and die thing going mm-hmm. from bullpen to starting and especially in towards that last or within that last series where all three of those games were really important to make that playoff push uh what was kind of like any butterflies any nervousness or was it just as always, adapt or die.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was business as usual. Uh, whenever I got told I was starting the game, uh, they were like, "Hey, you got the ball tomorrow." Blah, blah blah, and I was like, "Okay, like, sure, no big deal." It's business as usual. Yeah, like let's go. Like, come on. Uh, and just really did my normal routine. Just really just stayed locked in the whole the whole time throwing program. At that that was right wherever I was like. Like, I felt like I was truly on my best like my best run. Uh, physically, I had felt the best. Uh, Delivery-wise, I felt the best. I felt so con- just consistent. I felt everything was on time. At that point, I was also in the stretch. Pri- uh, uh, I was only doing the stretch, actually. I wasn't doing any windup, um, So I was just feeling really good with direction-wise. I was feeling good pitch-wise. And I just I was in that flow state that everyone talks about where I, I felt like I could do no wrong. All right,
2: I mean, cool. That's, cool. that's going to be the best feeling as like a, an athlete.
1: Oh, as, especially an, heading into
2: the playoffs like that.
1: As an athlete, like if you can like just tap in into that like constantly, like there's no better feeling because like as a hitter, like it just every ball looks like a beach ball, and like as a pitcher, like I just felt like. I was playing like with a ping pong ball. Like I felt like I could like, like just put it wherever I wanted, like no problem whatsoever. That's, that sounds like the ultimate amount of like fun right
2: there. Yeah.
1: Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. No, I mean that it was it. Like it, like it was. Like it was the most nonchalant day of my life. Like I woke up, I got coffee. I actually met, I, I went to this coffee shop around the corner and I got to meet this guy um, that was, like, he was genuinely, like, the nicest human being in the world. Like, he he was, like, like so like so thankful that I, like, stopped and took a picture with him. And he was like, I'm gonna pray for you. And, like, he told me about, like, like, kind of, like, his life story. And I, like, I sat there and talked to him for a while. And, like, he was just genuinely, like, the nicest guy. He worked in D.C. as, like, a like an old like CIA, CIA agent or something like that but like it, it was like the most nonchalant day like I remember calling my like now wife at the time and I or my fiance and I was like I just met this guy like in DC when I was getting coffee he like recognized me and like we just had to talk and like you know he said he was gonna pray for me and all this stuff and like I was like snodged a lot but like he was the greatest guy in the world like talked to him and I actually met a, I met his fiance too I I don't remember his name but I mean still a, an incredible moment there just like good vibes to start off the day Great it was it, it really was like it was the most like wholesome moment in the world it was like one of the first times I ever got like recognized too and like he was like I'll be at the game tonight and I was like oh that, that's awesome like I'm I'm pitching tonight and so yeah, I mean, hey, maybe I need to talk to that guy more often.
0: If, if Just make a move to Boston. He if he's listening to this, I'm sure he is. Please uh, contact us through the YBP, um Twitter account. All right, Coop, you got. we got about five minutes left. What, what's all right, about? moving
2: into this last game. So last one is the one inning you pitched in the wildcard game, which is funny because we go from both games being five innings to this last game being that one inning pitched. But it was three up, three down, all in 15 pitches against the Yankees. And at that point, you're winning six to one, and all, all these questions that kind of relate back to like the attitude and mentality of like what the pitcher's going through in that situation. And is that cruise control at that point, or
1: is oh, like not, because not like
2: Fenway lie. and Yankees and like the Yankees are in town, and it's a playoff atmosphere.
1: Is there like it ramped up a little bit there? I was honestly, I was most nervous for that one. Like that was like for like obviously first time ever pitching in the playoffs, and Uh, Like, Yankees, Red Sox rivalry, like... I mean, the whole stadium sounded like an an eruption of... Oh, I mean, I I was there. It was one of the craziest games I've, like, like, gotten to see. I I have multiple... Like, I had multiple people on the team tell me, like, that was louder than, like, the 2018 World Series. Wow. And I was like, that's saying something. But... so, So, for that, like, that was incredible like whenever I got my name called I I got up on the mound and I was just like I could just hear like the erupt like in the crowd and I was just like I could just my heart was going like loud and I could like hear it in my chest and I'm like okay like I can do this I'm like no worries Tanner like you can do this like it's same 60 feet six inches doesn't matter like just go do your thing it's fine, like, but I'm, like, having to tell myself this, like, warm it up. And, like, in the bullpen, like, definitely wasn't, like, hitting my spots like I was because, like, I could, like, like, I could feel it. Like, I was, like, like, my hand was, like, shaking so bad. And I was, like, I'm, like, Tanner, just breathe. Just breathe. Like, you got this. Come on. And so, get warmed up, running the game. Finally, like, whenever I got that third out and, like, it erupted, I – out, did some things in my pants, I was like, this is, (laughs) I'm like, this is cool, like, this is exactly what I want, like, every game, like, I I loved it, it was, it was an incredible moment, and then to, you know, win that game with the team, I mean, it it was like a family last year to, on that team, every single one of them was, was like a brother to me, and I, I was just blessed enough to be a part of it. And and to, to be able to contribute.
0: Well, we're blessed to have you on here, Tanner, once again. Um, always anytime you want to talk about anything, please just let us know. Because this, oh we, we could be sitting here in April. I mean, who knows? You know, like but anytime you want to talk about anything. And and we may just keep going back and forth with you and Garrett talking trash about the running races. I don't know.
1: So oh and hey, at this point, you know, we might just have to do like a duel, like a dual interview together on here.
2: Ooh.
1: Ooh. Love that. Do it.
2: Ooh. Do it. I... I think that would just develop into YouTube going back and forth. Well, that's that's fine. That's great. That's what I want.
0: You know, that's what
1: the public Look, want. We just gotta like, maybe we can sell like pay-per-view tickets for the great race. Um, Me first Garrett.
0: I, pro- I promise you I promise you I will do that I will make t-shirts it'll be part of our uh, Joe Kelly's baseball isn't boring initiative so <laughs> this is this is all happening it's all happening
1: oh that would be great yeah. that would that would honestly be so funny awesome. and then in every year I, like I I'm dead set every year I'm willing to have one big race during spring training me and Garrett let's go all right
0: lock it in. Let it be said, let it be done. All right. Well, Tanner, man, thanks so much. Congratulations on everything. And, uh, and don't be a stranger and and have a great time down in Florida while you can. And, uh, and once again, congratulations on your new family. So awesome stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.